Today is Valentine's Day. It is a day for lovers of chocolate. The holiday is the third biggest holiday for the sale of chocolate after Easter and Christmas. So this hour, I am talking to three chocolatiers here in Minnesota about the process of making chocolate and how they add their personal touches. What goes into their luscious treats from growing cacao to dreaming up award-winning bonbons? We will hear from Monica Jimenez, the founder and CEO of Chocolate San Jose, Minneapolis. She imports chocolate from her family's cacao farm in Ecuador. We'll also hear from Robin Docterman, the owner of St. Croix Chocolate Company in Marine on St. Croix. Last fall, Robin was recognized with a couple of big international chocolate awards. But first, here in the studio with me, I have Mary Leonard. Mary is the founder and the owner of Chocolat Celeste, which has been making fine chocolates for more than 20 years in St. Paul. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. You look great, dressed in your pink. Ready for Valentine's Day? Yes, I'm ready. So uh, this has to be a very busy time of the year for Mm -hmm. you. What is it like for you heading into Valentine's Day as a chocolatier? What has the last 24 hours been like for you? Well, the last 24 hours has actually been fairly quiet Mm -hmm. um, in that we had the chocolates all made and ready. Mm -hmm. And so we um, are entertaining um, a variety of customers coming in, some for, um, you know, a small gift for their... um, loved one or someone for a big heart, um, and they're buying them for friends, family, and their their um, significant other or and, romantic partner. And they have beautiful uh, choices. You brought mm-hmm. in a, a box of chocolates, uh, some beautiful options. Let's talk about uh, some of the most popular flavors that you have and mm-hmm. and also what your chocolates look like, uh, the, the decor. How do I even describe uh, what you do to, to, to each individual one? Well, actually, what I look at as in the chocolate is I'm creating a little piece of artwork or a piece of jewelry. Absolutely. And the chocolate mm-hmm. itself is a canvas for or what it looks like. Mm -hmm. The first one that um, is new this year is champagne hibiscus. Oh, my. And um, it came to me as an idea actually from a long-term customer because traditionally I've had traditional flavors. But when I made this, I was astounded at how good it was. It is a luscious white chocolate on the inside, made from a French chocolate company named Valrona. It is a combination or a palette that is both sweet and tart at the same time. And hibiscus itself is got has an earthy cranberry-ness to it, plus citrus, with a little touch of a floral note. Okay, I can't stand it anymore. I'm holding one. Okay, in my- <laughs> all right. Go I'm ahead. Attempt to taste this as okay. you continue to tell us about it. Uh, sounds very special and distinct. So, yes, I, but, mm-hmm. but keep talking. And next to it, there's some others that are. Uh, on well, the box we, that we have a new one, which is pistachio. It is also a white chocolate with a pasta, pistachio filling in it, covered with a little ground pistachio. And the contrast of flavor in pistachio in general, I, I mm-hmm. love pistachio ice cream. So this is like pistachio ice cream with with chocolate sauce on the top. And I think that everybody should, you know, really come in and try that one and both of these. Another, and, another, and this is great. The champagne, the white chocolate mm-hmm. filling, uh, it is, it's like this, it comes in waves, the flavors, mm-hmm. and one bite mm-hmm. that I just had. Yeah. So thank you for that. 
And then a very popular one is the first chocolate that I ever made, um, which mm. used to be called the Celestial Sweetie, but now is just known <laughs> as it, what it is. It's Frangelico. And I think that it's one we sell the most of. And it's just got a touch of um, hazelnut liqueur. And it just makes the chocolate just taste so mm. much better. And people still buy entire boxes of them and large boxes of that chocolate. So tell me, um, where and when did this love of chocolate begin for you? Was this a childhood experience that you had affection for it? Or how did this begin? Well, it's not as, as romantic or exciting <laughs> when from when I was a kid. My dad worked at a drugstore chain. And he always had chocolate in his pocket, and he was always giving chocolate away, and he just loved, you know, the whole process of that. that. And also, my mother made fudge every week, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. And, and the whole uh, house is smelling like, like well, fudge. Well, it was, it was just we were looking so forward to it because it was a cooked one, and it had a sugar suspension and sometimes a little crispy as well when it was done wrong. But I liked it when it was wrong because it was so right <laughs> for me. It was more sugary. <laughs> and so how, how do you become skilled in, you know, experimenting with different, you know, flavor? Um, <clears throat> I almost want to say flavor partnerships. Like how do you embark on that experience to making your own? Well, I think that um, making my own flavors embark on it, it's just a testing kind of thing. It starts with a basic recipe that is actually the same in all the flavors. Mm. And it's just the addition of a, a variety of different flavor notes. Um, there's the ones that are everybody loves, and there's the ones that are more unusual. I'm not as much of a fan myself of the ones that everybody loves, Champagne and raspberry, I always think to myself, oh, let's get some more creative than that. <laughs> that's, that's a good one, though. But. Yeah, it is a good one. It is a good one. And um, I think that how I learned to begin with is just practice, practice, practice. But I did take a class at Kitchen Window, and mm -hmm. then I went to a school in California that's now part of the University of California, Davis, to learn chocolate technology, sugar technology, and gourmet and continental chocolates. And there were famous people in my class. Like who? Well, there's a man named Bernard Calibo that's very famous in um, in Canada mm -hmm. for his chocolate. He was in it because it was the last class this man was going to give. Mm -hmm. And then the person that is credited with bringing truffles to the United States, and she is, she had a, a store in um, California, and it was called Cocola, and her name is Alice Midrich, and she's a chocolate cookbook writer now. And so you have your degrees in food science. My right? It's food science and business. To, it was to bring a product to market. So you were you knew early on you were going to open a, a shop that you wanted to, to I Originally, work. I was going to open a dessert business. And mm -hmm. I think that my idea of opening a business was when I was a teenager, I had already made up my mind that that's what I would do. But it took some time to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I have had jobs in technology as well. As well. And so the name, uh, I live in St. Paul. I passed by, um, and I've been, I'm sorry, I've been calling Chocolate Celeste, but it's Chocolate it's Celeste. Chocolat, yes. So tell me about uh, this very French name, and who is Celeste? Well, Celeste was the little French dog I owned Aww. when at the time that I opened the, the business, a Bichon Friche, all white one. Aww. And um, she was just heavenly, so I... Had another name for the business, but uh, 
I got a trademark protest, and a group of my friends and I all sat down to brainstorm for a new name, and I love the new name. And Chocolate, it was that I wanted to use French chocolate. I had been bicycling in France. I had a romance with France for a little while in the, you know, late 90s. So tell us about the ingredients. Are there special ingredients that make Chocolat Celeste uh, what it is? Yes. Um, the butter that I use is from a, a company. Butter? butter. <laughs> butter does make everything better, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's a oh. flavor carrier. Ah. <laughs> That's what we call it in food science. Ah. Anyway, it... Um, Hope Butter from Hope, Minnesota. It's a small batch butter. It is a little bit higher butter fat, and it really carries the flavor. And it's creamier. There's um, Butter sometimes can have high moisture, and so that, that would cause the chocolate to be gritty. And mm-hmm. I never want my chocolate to no. be gritty. No. And that then there is cream, and we use one with no preservatives, no gums, no agar, so that it never is gummy chocolate then when you eat it. And the chocolate brand that I've decided to feature is Valrona from France. And there's a lot of of single origin. That means just one type of bean and and that it has a specific flavor based upon even some of the soil that where the plant is planted. And as I I mentioned, each individual chocolate uh, looks like a piece of art. So how do you get these intricate designs on top? Uh, little pink and red hearts. They look like they're painted. How do, like, what well, is that actually, process? Actually, they're, they're, they're a silk screen. And mm. I have my own designs, and they're designs I buy as well. And it's silk screened onto a piece of acetate or a mm-hmm. piece of plastic. And when they go down our enrobing line... We lay them on the warm chocolate, and the ink is cocoa butter, and it melts in. Wow. And then they're pulled off, and the image is there. And what can you tell in your experience? Can chocolate, what can it do for our mood? Have you, you know, have you witnessed, experienced, and, and studied, like, what chocolate does for us? Yeah, it, it does um, It does interact with a, a brain chemical. I'm kind of techie that way, a brain mm-hmm. chemical. Mm-hmm. And that also expands your blood vessels and so that you feel slightly different and more blood flow. And that's why it's heart healthy, but that's also why you feel an enhanced feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily myself know that it's love, but... Um, you feel something. You feel something, <laughs> and I feel it in a big way. <laughs> and so, Mary, uh, most of your business, uh, you were telling me, is online, but people can walk into the shop. I'd say it's 50-50. And they can walk into the shop. And let's and tell everybody where you are in St. Paul. We are located on a little-known street called Transfer Road, which is the same as Cleveland. If you go ner- north of University Avenue, oh, Cleveland turns into Transfer Road, and we're two driveways north of University. And you, after you leave here, you're headed to the shop. Yes. Right. And so maybe we could get some recommendations from you well, and what to buy. Well, I definitely think the uh, pistachio <laughs> and the uh, champagne hibiscus. The but I, I think sampled, there are yeah. some beautiful heart boxes that are um, silk rosettes on the top. Oh, I, I suggest that. Well, as soon as I get off the air, I'm going to take more pictures. We took a couple of pictures. I'm going to take more so people can see images um, of, of what you create. And we'll have that on the website on my show page at nprnews.org. Thank you. So nice to, to talk with you. Um, Mary Leonard with Chocolate Celeste in St. Paul. Thank you for your time today. I hope you have a great business throughout the year. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you.
Monica Jimenez is the owner and founder of Chocolate San Jose, Minneapolis. She imports chocolate from her family's cacao farm in Ecuador. Monica, I'm so glad you could come in today. Thank you for inviting me. It's did, my pleasure to be here. Did I say it right? Is it cacao? I always hesitate when I say that, <laughs> that word. C-A-C-A-O, cacao. Cacao. We say cacao. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should say cocoa maybe, but it's my word that I always no, use. It's the right word. And, no, yeah. it is. So tell me about your family's farm in yeah. Ecuador. Um, I know that it's been in your family for a very long time, a hundred years. Yeah. Yes. Um they started in 1930 for our ancestor, I can say, or a relative, older um, mm-hmm. relative. And um, at that time, Ecuador was one of the leaders of exporting cacao to Europe. Oh, and we yeah. are still exporting cacao to Belgium, principally. And uh, just in 2017, we started doing our own chocolate in Ecuador. We founded that our cacao was very, um, very demand. In demand. People In demand. wanted it. Yeah, yes. you've learned. Mm-hmm. It, because it's, uh, it's a unique flavor. It's, uh, we know how to process it. I have known that, that, that you know, most uh, cacao beans are grown and processed in West Africa, but I didn't realize that Ecuador was also a, a top exporter. So chocolate, to make sure people know, and I think they do know, chocolate is, is made from cacao. Uh, and, you know, we've looked up some basic facts about cacao, uh, believed uh, to be native to the northern Amazon, which includes Ecuador. Uh, so we owe a lot to Ecuador. Uh, what does a cacao plant look like? How do you describe what the plant looks like? to people generally is a tall tree but we got advised for um cargo um you get advice from cargo yeah, yes okay. for making uh, the trees shorter so the people doesn't have to uh that risk and harvesting the cacao higher. So, so by we, the tree uh, shorter, it's yes. easier to harvest the, the cacao beans. The cacao. Wow. So now the, um, our trees is uh, not too tall than us. So, um, yes, like a six feet, six, six, six feet, six or seven feet, and then we can reach the path just our, our, our how describe how do you describe the process so the the beans are harvested so then what happens yes. how do you get chocolate out? yes how do the you make chocolate? Um, harvesting process started to cutting the mature uh, part uh-huh uh, cutting from the plant then we break it and I'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> break the part and extract the seeds mm-hmm um, selecting the seed, we selected by hand. The good so, ones. So yes. you look through all of them and you pull out the best ones. Yes. We pull it out and select by hand. Um, I would like to explain that the seed, the seed come covered with a white, a little sweet bulb mm-hmm. that we use to ferment the seed. So this way we can get all the nutrition uh, that is in the plant. So the seed has a lot of antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, magnesium, and all this nutrition is nutrition. Uh, yeah, in the cacao, cacao seed. seed. Tell me, yes. it's in. You know, the I, I want to share with people. You were so kind. You brought uh, a bunch of chocolate bars in for our research, and I've been researching this uh, dark chocolate with macadamia nut uh, uh, bar. Tell me again. You you say that it, mm-hmm. chocolate is is healthy. That that tell us more about the anti 
antioxidants that we should feel good about eating some chocolates, right? Yes, as um, you know, also cacao has um a substance I forget the name right now that mm-hmm. help the neurotransmitter um and uh, for uh, hormones that uh is it's called happy happy hormona hormonas my, la do, my happy hormones my happy hormones <laughs> yeah i'm with you i'm following dopamine, you <laughs> melatonin and at the end the cacao help us to and regulate our mood um regulate, regulate um the uh, sleeping patterns Mm-hmm. Sleeping and uh, we uh, they help us to give um, the sensation of fullness. Mm. Okay, so I I feel good about uh, eating chocolate, particularly dark chocolate, particularly dark, dark chocolate. chocolate. Right? Yes. Yeah, we've heard this before. Now, um, I also know that um, when you look uh, at the history of Ecuador and what we know about the environment, that there's uh, there's some environmental you know concern. Uh, about uh, the environmental impact of cacao, that that rainforests are, are cut down for farming, and and your family's farm has been certified by the Rainforest Alliance for following sustainable practices. And so, tell us what that means. Um, yes, we grow the tree in the two columns and mm-hmm. always separate. We have a space between the two columns of tree because we need the. Song to get the highlight, the highlands, the song highlights mm-hmm. to get into the soil, so we avoid the humidity. Avoiding the humidity, we decrease the incidence of fungi, mm-hmm. and uh, the to close one hundred one zero percent zero percent fungi. So if there is any a path, sick path, we mm-hmm. can take it out by hand. As I look at the products, you brought some examples. I have hot chocolate. I've got a spread. What do I do with the oh, a chocolate spread with walnuts? What is this? What is this for? <laughs> yes, this is um, about my new local line. So I bring the cacao from our farm in Ecuador, but I use um, the resources and input like a hazelnut or walnuts, mm. local harvest and uh, um, I make the spread for example for bread for ice cream where what do I spread this on uh, anything over your ice cream over your toes my fingers uh, <laughs> <laughs> directly to the, your mouth <laughs> you have a hot chocolate like, yeah, there's hot a, hot, chocolate. a packet of hot chocolate I yes get. this is an individual packet it's no alcoholic powder inside so it's very healthy no chemicals and then this is I'm not familiar with this this is brewing cacao so like coffee do I put this in a coffee maker yes you can yes. use your coffee maker French press, oh. pour over, or simply uh, use an empty tea bag uh-huh. and soak and, and then strain. You can cold brew it also. And this says it's caffeine. This is caffeine free. Exactly. Oh my this is an energy nice. booster, but caffeine, totally caffeine free. And the, the bars. So I, I said, I mentioned I was having a 70% dark chocolate. A bar with macadamia nuts. And then I'm holding one here that says 70% dark chocolate with nibs. Even we have 100% is one of our popular, our favorite 100% because um, diabetic persons 
y love our 100% because it's not acid or stranger as others of that mm -hmm. level. Who's working with you here in Minneapolis um, to, 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 to get this done, to manufacture everything? Or uh, do you, are you working with family members? My Here? husband, mm -hmm. uh, yes, and I'm trying to involve my kids too <laughs> in my mm -hmm. new local line. Yes, this is something I would love that my kids uh, get it and uh, um, feel the same as I feel. I I just miss a lot the smelling, the um, environmental aroma of the Frenchly harvest cocoa. So um, I just want to bring to share with my community now that where experience where you, you started making your chocolate uh, products uh, in a kitchen in st louis park um yes. and so is that still where you make a lot of your yes things? yes and where can we buy uh your products where can, where can we find um, yes the, the san jose um, chocolate san jose minneapolis chocolate where can san we jose find you can buy in the kowalski's market kowalski's co-op ferndale co-op And also my local line, you can find in the indigenous uh, food lab. Mm -hmm. And leg wings, you can find the spread. All right. And what is your favorite? The bars or what, what do you enjoy the most of everything that you make? What's your favorite? <laughs> I enjoy the most uh, spread every day. The spread? <laughs> yes. And you say it's healthy. It's healthier. Oh, it's <laughs> well, super healthy. I want to listen to know you have beautiful skin, beautiful hair. You look very oh, youthful. Thank so you. if you're the example, I'm all about the spread. <laughs> thank you. And this. Almost 60. Yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, I, I've been talking with Monica Jimenez. She's the founder of Chocolate San Jose, Minneapolis, here in Minnesota. She imports chocolate from her family's fifth-generation cacao farm in Ecuador. Monica, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're uh, hearing now from another Minnesota chocolatier. Today is Valentine's Day, one of the most popular holidays for buying and sharing chocolates. Maybe you're a chocolate lover, but do you know how the fine chocolates are made? I'm a big Hershey bar fan, I will admit that. But we're talking about the fine chocolates and the process of making them. In the studio with me right now is Robin Docterman, the founder of St. Croix Chocolate Company in Marine on St. Croix. Thank you for, for driving in and being with us this morning, Robin. Oh, it's so much my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So you brought in some special treats. Uh, what's really popular for Valentine's Day or what do you all try to create really for this occasion? We try to do a variety of really interesting flavors together. Um, and and balance that with some of the classics. So we're, we've got a champagne and strawberry chocolate. We do a raspberry and orange in a bright red heart mm -hmm. uh, shape. We really have a lot of fun with uh, the shapes and the flavors and the colors. It, it, it looks like artwork. I'm holding a small box of chocolates you brought in, and every piece looks like a, a a piece of art. It's just beautiful. Thank you very much. That's what we strive to do. And and does that, I mean, is that 
it has to be fun, but also a very delicate process of, of doing this, creating the shapes and the colors. It's, uh, I like to think of it as like what a craftsman does. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we take techniques that are European and we, we make them for an American palette. So mm-hmm. we like bright flavors and we love to, to make different shapes. Now, I'm holding something you bought. I don't even, I don't even know how to describe this. It's shaped like a heart. It looks like a small, like, like almost like a little cake, and and it's got texture. What what am I holding? And and, and should I try to bite into it and still be able to talk? Uh, you, you can try. <laughs> I'll go for it. So, so think of it like a candy bar. So why why do candy bars have to be you know long and rectangular? This one's in the shape of mm. a heart. So y'all hear me crunching. It's like a Rice Krispie bar? So, yep. So it's got a layer of Rice Krispie bar, a layer of Jandouille, which is hazelnut and chocolate together, and then a layer of homemade caramel on top. Mm-hmm. That's oh, very nice. All, all wrapped in milk, beautiful mm-hmm. milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. But you have gotten Robin, some rave reviews over the years. And this past fall, you were recognized at a global chocolate competition in Italy with the International Chocolate Award. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You received a silver silver award for your burnt cinnamon and bourbon bar. Ooh, let's stop right there. Burnt <laughs> cinnamon and bourbon bar. Tell me about that. So um, cinnamon is one of those spices that when you warm it up, it it um, it, it sort of elevates it. it really? It, it, mm-hmm. it makes it totally warm and wonderful. So we actually have a little fireplace out on uh, our patio and we burn cinnamon sticks. Uh-uh. So we char them and then we soak them in cream overnight. Mm. So you get the warmth of the cinnamon, but not the kind of the powdery mm-hmm. sense of the cinnamon. So it totally infuses this wonderful, wonderful flavor. And you took home a bronze award for your macadamia filled chocolate. Um, tell me about that. That is, uh, it's macadamia caramel, and it's made with honey from macadamia blossoms. Um, and then there's a, a layer of short macadamia shortbread in it as well. So we actually bake the shortbread with the macadamias that are candied, and then put it all together. And so what do these ideas come from, from these for these unique flavors? You just sit around, well, let's try that. Let's see what happens if we do that. Let's try that. Is that, that basically? Yeah. Uh, uh, something like that. So like the macadamia one, we were traveling in Hawaii. And I grew oh, up no. in Iowa. So, you know, as I go down the road, a farm stand is a perfectly natural thing. But you get, they have macadamia nut farms throughout the right. islands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's something that we don't eat a lot of here mm-hmm. you know we're we like our hazelnuts we get our almonds uh, macadamias are really fun though they're they have a wonderful taste and you can you can uh, um, crisp them up a little bit and they're really fun to play with so I went with a, a kind of Hawaiian inspiration so and we thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, and you studied this. You studied uh, at a chocolate academy in Chicago? Yes. I have taken a number of classes with sort of the rock stars of the chocolatier world and um, been very, very fortunate. The Chocolate Academy in Chicago is one place. The French Pastry School is another place. Um, I've been to Las Vegas. There's a couple of fantastic chocolatiers out there. So... 
And and where do you source your chocolate? Uh, where does it come from? It comes from all over. So um, you were just talking about the Ecuadorian chocolate. Yes. We use some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we use um, some that comes from Belgium. It's manufactured in Belgium. Mm-hmm. So that's a particular style of manufacturing. We use some Swiss chocolate. Um, it, it depends on kind of what we're doing with the flavor, whether we want to com- compare or contrast that. And how I have in my notes here that you used to work at the Star Tribune. You were a website editor at the Star Tribune. I did indeed. Tell us about this this career pivot. Like, <laughs> what was that? Were you taking chocolates in the work in the newsroom, and everybody was eating them up? You're like, I should start a business. What happened? Um, it, the recession happened. So I had been there for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic people. I absolutely love the job. I was contributing to a a gardening blog. And I got really into food. And um, when the recession came around, they were given buyouts. And I said, yeah, I'm ready to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I embarked on this journey to to see where I would end up with food. I think that's such a great story. Were you nervous? Uh, I wasn't nervous. I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I would go to class and and come back and at two o'clock in the morning when nobody was watching me, I could perfect what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I learned quick. And so during the pandemic, we heard so many stories of people who were laid off or weren't able to, to continue in the jobs that they were doing, and they started their own businesses. Did, uh, were, have you been inspired by how many people have, have leaned into their hobbies and passions and now have great, very I, successful companies? I totally love that. And it's changing it's changing the face of chocolate. We so many people are are new, and it, the information is accessible online now. So you know, I don't have to go to Las Vegas to to learn something from great chefs. I can look online. I can, and and that's available to everybody. So what we're seeing is this groundswell and this mm-hmm. rapid um, increase in knowledge and techniques, which is way cool. And so uh, I was going to ask you about trends that you've noticed um, in making chocolate since you uh, started. Uh, has it? Have you seen some trends uh, in terms of the appearance or the ingredients, like what's hot, what's not? Yep. So when I first started, um, we were still explaining the percent of chocolate. So if you have a 70% dark chocolate, that 70% refers to the chocolate mass or what comes from the cacao tree. So what that tells you is that other 30% is probably sugar, mm-hmm. vanilla, um, milk powder if it's a milk chocolate, which it's not going to be if it's 70%. That's going to be a dark chocolate. Um People have learned quite a bit about chocolate in the last, uh, what have I been doing? Almost 14 years. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're a lot more educated, but at the same time we're getting more advanced. People also want to do more snacking. So the bar that you tried, um, at the beginning when we were talking, um, is kind of my answer. Let's, Let's make it snacky. I mean, it's like a meal. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it snacky. Let's yeah. make it Rice Krispies, which yeah. everybody knows and loves. But let's take that to another level right. and add some things that only we can do. 
I think it's cool. I didn't know our, our Minnesota chocolatiers were so fancy. I, I, I should not have made any assumptions. I mean, in terms of, you know, people who have studied at academies all over the country, who've traveled the world, and who are doing very creative things. I, I, I'm just so proud of all of you. Oh, thank you. All right. um, and so on Wednesdays, this is Wellness Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, what do we know? What has research told us about the health benefits of chocolate, particularly dark chocolate or yep. any of it? So chocolate has um, a number of components which all act together to do wonderful things. So there's flavonoids, which can help protect against free radicals. Um, there are, uh, I'm, I know Mary Leonard talked about some about the the it's it's similar to caffeine in the way that it makes us feel good it makes us feel good mm-hmm. it, it, the dopamine receptors are are very happy in our body when we eat chocolate so you become more alert you're a little happier mm-hmm. um uh, good things happen. Anything we should know about storing chocolates uh many people will get gifts uh of chocolate today um what should people know? Like maybe the temperature, where to put it, not to put it, or how long to keep it around? <laughs> Eat it <laughs> sooner rather than later, yeah. because these flavors are are best oh. in three weeks. Um, they'll last longer, but you know we have people who's like, my grandma is eating one a, a week, and it's June, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, goodness. eat the chocolate, <laughs> enjoy it now. Um, so maybe buy smaller boxes, or don't get yeah. someone a whole, maybe so nicer things in smaller numbers, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Store it somewhere dark and cool, mm-hmm. not the refrigerator that's got too much humidity. Um, that'll make that changes the texture of the chocolate. Doesn't make it bad, but and and I'm a little ashamed to admit I'm not a huge dark chocolate fan. I like milk chocolate. And what do you see with milk chocolate and dark chocolate? Do people tend to like one or the other, or, or some folks just like both? I think it's what you had in your childhood. Oh. If you grew up with dark chocolate, mm-hmm. you're cool with it. You know, it's taking you someplace good you want to go. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of us, the the sense of nostalgia and the connection to just the pure joy of childhood yeah. is what it's about. Yeah, my uncles used to buy me uh, Hershey bars when I was little. Maybe that's it. There yeah. you go. But I, I'm learning. I'm all about diving into these uh, boxes of chocolate that have been uh, presented to us as research today. So. It's always fun to explore. <laughs> and can people um, still come into the store today? Oh, absolutely. We're okay. open until 6 today. All right. And tell us the location again in Marine on St. Croix. We're in Marine on St. Croix, and Marine is so small that <laughs> pretty much... You know. it, it, you can just drive into town and anybody can point you in the oh, right direction. I the, love the address is 261 Parker Street. All right. We've been talking with Robin Docterman, the founder of St. Croix Chocolate Company in Marine on St. Croix. They are sold out online, I'm told, but you can still walk into the shop until 6 tonight. Yep. Thank you so much, Robin, and congratulations on your awards. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.